Hello, Northern Kentucky, and welcome to the Sunday Story. I'm Maggie McDonald, Lincoln KY's digital editor, and today I'm joined by Kitten County reporter Nathan Granger to talk about the Brent Spinch corridor construction. How are you today? I'm good. I do wish that we were somewhat less professional here, and we just bantered a bit. <laughs> but anyway, I don't have any banter in my script, so I might um, not be able to do that. All right. Can you start off by telling us a little bit about just the process you did of reporting this story? Process? Well, the first thing I did was, well, well, we'll we'll back up. So Brent Spence had been kind of bubbling in the background of different stories and different events that I had gone to and just conversations with people in the community that I had had since I started um, working with Link in February. Um, So different aspects of the project had kind of popped up here and there and uh, rather than do lots of little stories on uh, the bridge I figured we would just it would be better to set aside one big story on the whole thing Um, as far as the process for doing the story uh, first thing I did was go on the website and look through all as much of the documentation as I could which was quite thorough Um, this project has been going on for almost 30 years at this point. Um, well, a little, not quite 30 years, not quite 25 years. But um, that was how it started. And from there, um, I did some research on uh, different neighborhoods that would be affected. I started reaching out to residents um, in those neighborhoods, got into contact with a bunch of um, groups um, that had different points of view on the project. And um, went from there. Yeah. Um, so I know the bridge is going to be affecting like the whole area, but who do you really see it affecting the most? I mean, it's definitely it's going to affect everybody. But when it, it, locally, the two neighborhoods that are going to get the brunt of it are Mainstrass and Lewisburg and other kind of historic neighborhoods in Covington, um, near where much of the construction will take place. Um, at least on the Kentucky side. So they're going to, they'll be, they'll have a view to the construction. Um, they're going to, any issues having to do with noise or pollution um, or displacement is going to affect them the most, I think. So just because, just due, due to the proximity. Mm-hmm. There are, you know, lots of people who are working for this project and then also people who are, against this development and is super costly, right? So it makes sense. But with the current bridge being labeled as basically obsolete, but also having a ton of traffic on it, I mean, what are the options if to not do it? Oh, there are no options to not do it. Yeah. It's happening. Um, so, um, and uh, the, the functionally obsolete thing is jargon. So just because something is labeled as functionally obsolete doesn't mean you can't use it. Um, it's just not necessarily up to standard to modern um, codes and things. But there are plenty of bridges that are functionally obsolete, but still, you still, you, people still use them. They may even still be safe in a broad sense. Um, the, there's back and forth in ter- when it comes to the data um, about how much traffic is actually going to increase or maybe even decrease in the region. Um, But the bridge is definitely happening. So uh, I would not, 
if you're looking to uh, make changes to this project, the idea that there is going to be no new companion bridge is not really on the table anymore at this point. Um, there was, with the huge influx of federal money, it pretty much guaranteed it. So Now there was, for a time, there was, um, there was a question of funding as to whether or not it would even happen, but uh, that's not really the case anymore. What was the most surprising thing that you learned while researching this story? How complicated it is. Um, I, one of the other um, surprising things and one of the more interesting things that I learned about the story was sort of the history of um, highway construction throughout the region and how it's affected different uh, people and neighborhoods uh, throughout history. Um, the big one that always comes up in this discussion um, is the West End uh, in Cincinnati, which um, following a big highway expansion for I-75 and then subsequent urban renewals saw, you know, essentially saw wholesale destruction. Well, not wholesale, but uh, a pretty big uh, destruction of uh, the West End neighborhood, which at one point I think had you know, in five figures in terms of residents and now has only a few thousand um, and has been kind of divvied up as a result. And a lot of people were afraid. And then something similar happened on the Kentucky side in Lewisburg, um, though at a smaller scale. And that's what I think was in the forefront of a lot of people's minds. They were really hoping not to relive something like that. I, have, I know the bridge isn't expected to, you know, be complete for another seven years, but have you talked to anyone whose home is going to be destroyed? I've, I've, I haven't talked to anyone who's going to be displaced, um, at least not on the Kentucky side. Um, I have talked to people whose homes will be affected. There's, um, at one point, I think that they had reduced the number of people who would actually end up being displaced just down to four, down to single digits, which which is nice. I was not able to get any information on those properties, but I did speak with one resident um, whose property, who, the construction is, you know, going to definitely affect his property. He's not going to have to move out, but um, it's definitely going to change his way of life in, in, in some ways. Um, there are a lot more businesses that are definitely going to be affected. There are uh, several schools that are going to uh, um, run up against the construction um, and some other commercial properties as well. well. It remains to be seen how that's going to affect their operations. Um, I don't think I have anything else for you today. Do you have any final notes? No. Um, it's going to be long and arduous. arduous. Um, there's a lot of discussion about sort of the science behind um, the traffic engineering that's going into it. There's a lot of different community groups who are trying to um, sort of offer input and feedback into the process. I will say that um, it's an open design build, or excuse me, it's a not an open design build, it's a progressive design build, which means that 
they change, you know, the, the design of the bridge and the corridor as a whole is going to change all throughout the construction. So, um, it, in, you know, there's still chances for feedback. So if you want to get involved, there are plenty of opportunities, whether on an individual basis or on uh, the basis of different groups. If you want to get involved in different gr groups, there's Dubu Good Foundation, there's Sierra Club, there's um, on the Cincinnati side, there's the Bridge Forward uh, group. There are smaller community groups as well that are, you know, trying to get more involved with the process. So there's, there's still chances um, to offer input into the project. Um, so it's not like any of, you know, there's a lot of aspects of this project that aren't necessarily set in stone. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Sunday story. We'll see you here next week. <laughs>